0: What city has a giant bologna drop on New Year's Eve?
1: (laughs) And why did Roman concrete last for thousands of years while modern concrete self-destructs in a few decades? Answers to those and other questions coming up in this half hour of The Off-Ramp with Bob and Marsha Smith. Welcome to the off ramp—a chance to slow down, steer clear of crazy, and take a side road to sanity. Okay, Marcia, do you know what opus kaimantikium is? <laughs> say again. Opus kaimantikium.
0: Opus a uh, uh, tiki. Okay, I'll say. Uh, creating a great piece of music in a tiki hut. There you go. <laughs>
1: Totally wrong Oh, okay <laughs> It's the name the Romans gave to the concrete they used in building their temples and coliseums and roads wow. throughout their empire How
0: did I not know that?
1: So many of those things have survived thousands of years Why, why? Well, there is new research about this For years, historians believed the secret was volcanic ash from the Bay of Naples Because the Romans shipped that across their empire for construction to Africa and Middle East, everywhere they were building Now researchers believe Roman concrete was more durable because it was designed to self-heal. How does that work? They would heat the concrete mix up very hot, and they would add quick lime, which resulted in these chunks that you see sometimes in ancient Roman concrete. These chunks, when exposed to water, if cracks develop, uh-huh. these chunks then recrystallize and fill up the cracks.
0: That's crazy. They
1: heal the concrete. How do they prove this? They produced samples of hot mixed concrete that incorporated ancient formulations and deliberately cracked them And then they ran water through the cracks, and within two weeks, the cracks had completely healed, and the water couldn't go through. So as a result now, this team is working to commercialize the modified cement material, which could mean higher quality, longer lasting concrete in the future. So maybe a better driveway, Marsh. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be nice? It
0: would. That's pretty interesting. (laughs) It
1: is. The findings were published in the journal Science Advances. And our thanks to Robert P. Rickman from Carbondale, Illinois, a listener, for turning us on to that story.
0: Thank you, Robert. Yes, sir. Okay, Bob, what city has a giant piece of bologna drop on
1: New Year's Eve to bring in the New Year? <laughs> oh, dear. Bologna drop. <laughs> See, I thought you were saying bologna drops like chocolate drops, oh, like go to the you know long, cinema. Yeah. I'd like a box of bologna drops, please. But it's not that. Okay. <laughs> oh, that would be disgusting. So, so this is a big container? What is it? Is it- it's uh, 100 pounds, Bob. It's a
0: six-foot, 100-pound piece of meat. Jeez. That... <laughs> Has been a fixture in Lebanon, Pennsylvania, New Year's for over 25 years. So, now. this is
1: a tradition of the past quarter century. Yes. For some reason, they started dropping bologna.
0: Well, Lebanon, Bob, in case you didn't know this, is renowned for its bologna, and it was first pioneered by the Pennsylvania Dutch. Hmm. So, the town's meat based tradition kind of makes sense. Okay. Local bologna maker Cootstown Bologna made a 100 pound, six foot long piece of meat for the inaugural celebration, and it's been a permanent fixture of New Year's Eve ever
1: since. Not the same piece of bologna, but new bologna every year.
0: I don't have that information. Oh, dear
1: God. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about Turkey, Marsh. Let's talk Turkey. Let's talk. Turkey, the country. And if you start seeing and hearing a new name for the country Turkey, it's no accident. The U.S. Board on Geographic Names has approved a new preferred spelling and pronunciation for the country. I'll say this like Prince, previously known as Turkey. (laughs) The new spelling is T-U-R-K-I-Y-E. Yeah. And the new pronunciation is Turkeya.
0: Turkey, Turkey. which is, is more accurate? That is. Okay.
1: Those will now be used in diplomatic settings and communications by the U.S. State Department, so you'll be hearing those on news reports. To, you did know, the
0: people request this change? The
1: country did. Yeah. Yeah. The New York Times reports the Turks have used Turkiye and the T-U-R-K-I-Y-E spelling since the country's founding in 1923. Mm. So it's just been ignored. But President Erdogan opposes the anglicized name the West has used for his country for more than a century, and he's pushing for the globe to drop it. And since every country... Deserves to choose its own name? We're adopting it, too.
0: All right, Bob, what is the infamous Voynich Manuscript?
1: The Voynich Manuscript? Yeah, you ever hear of it? How do you spell that?
0: V-O-Y-N-I-C-H, Manuscript.
1: No, I never heard of the Voynich Manuscript.
0: It's an early 15th century document kept at Yale University and is known as the world's most
1: mysterious book.
0: Hmm. Why is that?
1: Uh, Why is that, Marsha?
0: It came to light in 1912 after Wilfred Voynich, a rare books dealer in London, bought the manuscript in Italy. It had earlier belonged to the Holy Roman Emperor Rudolf II. But since 1969, Bob, the manuscript has been kept in the Beinecke Rare Book and Manuscript Library at Yale.
1: What's unusual about this manuscript? Nobody can
0: crack the code. Nobody knows what it says. Any attempts to decipher the unique text, which is made up of a mixture of handwritten letters, Latin letters, Arabic numbers, and unknown characters have so far failed. Everybody's tried to crack it from World War I decoders and World War II. Hmm. There's pictures, too. And they can't figure out them. So it's a mystery. It is a big mystery. There's zodiac symbols, there's plants, floating heads, naked women, everything you'd want. Oh, I'm interested. (laughs) Astronomical. (laughs) Yeah, they just can't figure out the language. Some have even speculated that the whole thing could be a hoax. Could be a hoax. But others say, nay, nay, it has some meaning.
1: Well, speaking of ancient things, here's a question. As the world celebrates the 100th anniversary of the discovery of King Tut's tomb, how did King Tut once live in the White House?
0: <laughs> his ashes, you mean? His parts? His something? His mummy? The question mommy, is, I said the
1: question very clearly. Yes. How oh, did don't King Tut- you? You're
0: making a face at me. How did like, King very Tut smug.
1: once live in the White House? <sighs> did his
0: mummified remains pass through? No. Okay, how?
1: He was a presidential dog. Yeah, the 20th century King Tut was a Belgium police dog, a four-legged campaigner credited with helping Herbert Hoover win the 1928 presidential election. And according to National Geographic, during his year, he was only at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue for a year. King Tut stuck to his police dog roots, often accompanying the White House policemen on their nightly rounds. And apparently he continued to remain top dog. In, in what was described as an endless rotating menagerie of animals given to President Hoover by foreign dignitaries and political friends, they included Irish wolfhounds, a possum, and a pair of alligators. But King <laughs> Tut was unquestionably Mr. Hoover's favorite dog. Oh, so. good
0: to know. Good to know. Mr. Smith. Yes. The Library of Congress has a piece of wedding cake from the 1800s. Whose is it?
1: Oh, that must be Queen Victoria's. Oh, No. No? no? Oh, I think Why would, there are p- pieces of Queen Victoria's cake around.
0: Not it. in uh, the Library of Congress, well, but it could be in the Smithsonian.
1: Because it was one of the first modern cakes.
0: Yes, and it was a huge thing.
1: So this must be the wedding cake of Grover Cleveland. <laughs> Is it? No. Okay, who? Uh,
0: Tom Thumb.
1: Oh, no kidding.
0: Yeah, he, he, Tom Thumb, we talked about him once before. Sure. He was the uh, super small guy, 40 inches tall, real name, Charles Staten. And he married the queen of beauty, they called her, Lavinia Warren. And she, too, was about the size of Tom
1: Thumb. She was a small person, too.
0: Yes. And their wedding attracted thousands of onlookers trying to get a glimpse of the couple. And so P.T. Barnum, who employed both these people, made a fortune with them, sold tickets to the wedding, thousands of tickets. And he allowed guests to meet the pair in the receiving line. And ladies were handed a box slice of brandy-soaked wedding fruitcake. Brandy-soaked. Their- wow, yeah, that uh, sounds good. Brandy-soaked wedding fruitcake on their way out. Apparently one was saved for the Library of Congress.
1: Okay. All
0: right, didn't see that coming, did no. you? <laughs>
1: All right, March, I've got a question for you. Which of these countries has no official language? Oh, yeah? No official language. All right. Iceland, Costa Rica, the UK, the United States, or Switzerland?
0: Well, that's curious. Of
1: those countries, which has no official... I'll say Iceland. Iceland has no official language. Okay, and why would you say that?
0: Because I can't think of one. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> well, guess what? It's the United States. Really? We have no official language. Well, that's... Half the countries of the world have an official language. The United States isn't one of them. Why? Well... They've had debates about this over whether we need an official language going all the way back to 1750 because back then Congress considered publishing U.S. laws in English and German because there were so many German people living here, but they Uh decided not to. Some states have adopted an official language, but the United States as a whole has never declared an official primary language. Now the definition of official language is one that is specifically referenced in the constitution of the country or the territory. Oh, there is none referenced in ours. Okay, now there are two states that are officially bilingual. Which ones have any idea? Here's a hint. They both recognize an indigenous language mm-hmm. and English. Here are choices, okay? Okay. California and Washington, New Mexico and Louisiana. Texas and Minnesota, or Hawaii and South Dakota, two of those states... I'll say
0: Hawaii and South Dakota.
1: ...that they are officially bilingual.
0: Yeah. You're right! Really? Yeah. (laughs) All right!
1: In uh, 1978, the Hawaiian state constitution made both English and Hawaiian the official languages, and in 2019, the South Dakota legislature passed a bill recognizing the indigenous language of the Osite Sakoin, commonly known as the Sioux. As an official language.
0: That's a lot easier but to say. But those are the
1: only two states that have <laughs> uh-huh. bilingual okay. Okay. official languages. All
0: right. Very cool. Bob, what bird is comparable to the chimpanzee for its intelligence?
1: There's a bird as smart as a chimpanzee. Yeah,
0: which uh, chimpanzees are considered the most intelligent of the animal kingdom.
1: Okay. I think it's isn't like a crow, because we were talking about that before, how crows are very intelligent. Mm, it's close. Okay. what A blackbird. Close. What was it? Raven. Ravens, okay.
0: Uh, ravens are smart, really smart. Studies have shown that they can use tools, remember human faces, and even plan for the future.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they have raven plans. Yes. We have a five-year plan. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and every time we plan.
1: Get more worms.
0: Edgar, <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe's favorite birds have demonstrated a tendency to both favor people who show them kindness and hold grudges against those who treat them poorly. Oh, dear. No kidding. According to scientists, they can last for years.
1: Whoa. Don't get a raven angry at you. That's
0: right. Raven intelligence is comparable in some cases to that of chimpanzees, which are among the smartest of the animal kingdom. What's more, other members of the Corvid family, that's what they are, Namely, crows, jays, and magpies, okay. which you mentioned, yeah. have displayed exceptional intelligence uh, as well. Yes, yeah. and uh, I bet you didn't know, they mate for life. Hmm. Okay. And, and, uh, they ravens do? Yeah, okay. they're monogamous. And here's one you'll never get. <laughs> what is a group of ravens called?
1: Oh, that's a group, all these different names yeah. they use. It's not a rage or anything, is no. it? The rage of ravens. It's, it's just weird. Birds? Wings. It's <laughs> the wing.
0: No. Okay, what is it? A group of ravens is called an unkindness. (laughs) What the hell?
1: What is that supposed to mean? That's silly. Here comes
0: an unkindness of ravens.
1: That's very interesting. (laughs) An unkindness. Okay, here's one for you. This is from the history books. What famous ruler always wanted to be a singer, and after coming to power. Locked audiences into auditoriums to make them listen to him sing. That's not Fidel Castro. Is no, that? it's not Fidel Castro, no, but it was. Wanted, a dictator. Oh, he wanted to be a baseball player. Okay, yeah. uh, Hitler. No, not Hitler. Mussolini. Not Mussolini. This goes way back. Nero. Nero. That's who it was. Was it really? Yes. <laughs> After becoming emperor of Rome, he wanted to sing in public. He took lessons in Rome. He made his debut in Naples, where an earth tremor shook the theater, and he lost some of his audience because of that. So, when at, Did they die? No, because they were scared. <laughs> oh. So at later performances, he had the gates locked so nobody could leave while he was on stage. Wow. Some women even gave birth in the stands. Others had problems too, in just not well, not wanting to be there. So some men leaped over the walls. Three citizens tricked guards into letting them through an exit. One pretending to be dead. The other, <laughs> the other two carried him out. So all three of them got out. Well, so. he
0: was a bit, uh, uh, um, yeah, uh, bullish. I mean, didn't he fiddle while Rome burned? Yes, I mean, he, he was
1: very self-absorbed. I but think so. I had no idea. No, that's from the Isaac Asimov book of facts. So apparently Nero was—he was. He was Big egomaniac, really.
0: I, I, It sounds like it. Come
1: hear me sing. You yeah. must hear me yeah. sing. Hear
0: me fiddle. Hear me sing. <laughs> okay, Bob. In what country would you find a floating airport built on a human-made landmass?
1: A floating airport. This is not Hong Kong's airport, which is on an island. It's not that What part of the world is it in?
0: Japan. Oh, really?
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't know the answer to this one.
0: The floating airport of Kansai, Mm -hmm. K-A-N-S-A-I. It's considered an engineering marvel. It serves the cities of Osaka, Kyoto, Kobe, and Kansai. And it was the first airport built on entirely human-made landmass. So construction began in 1987. It's 2.5 miles long. Wow. It's connected to the mainland by a 6-mile bridge. <laughs>
1: Wait a minute. So you a
0: 6-mile bridge, yeah, which it by itself cost a billion dollars. Oh my god. The, the entire project was more than 20 billion. <sighs> it's one of the busiest airports in Japan today.
1: Wow. Okay. Now, Let's go back to language, Marsha. I have another question about a US state. Which US state has 20 official Indigenous languages plus English. Which state? One and state has 20 official... Can you give official, me a location? It the, is in the north. The north. The north... Of the United of States. Of
0: the ni- United States. I will say, I don't know, I'll say Minnesota.
1: Well, think about it a little bit. Now, where would there possibly be so many different peoples that you would need New York. 20 languages? New York. No? No. No? Way up, north. Uh, way up north. north. Way up north. Way up north. Are you talking about like Canada? No.
0: No, you're talking... It's a U.S. In, state, It's Marsh. a U.S. state.
1: Way up nope. north.
0: <laughs> Come on. Alaska. Hey, Alaska. <laughs> in
1: 2014, the state gave 20 indigenous languages co-official status with English.
0: Okay. All Uh,
1: these Eskimo and Indian tribes and so forth.
0: I I knew that somewhere in the recesses of my brain.
1: Well, but you didn't get it, did you? Okay.
0: Okay. I'm not done with airports, Bob. I got a couple more. Ready?
1: I'm not done with languages, Marsha. Okay. But let's wait and take a break, and we'll be back (laughs) with more after this message. Okay. You're listening to The Off-Ramp with Bob. And Marsha. Smith. Okay, we're back today with questions on languages and on what was that? Airports. Airports. Okay. <laughs> oh, more than that. Oh, we got a lot of other we stuff too. We got ravens.
0: We got everything. Okay, Bob. What airport in the world features skateboarding and surfing activities for travelers?
1: Oh, you mean as a way to be occupied at while, the airport? Yeah. While you're waiting for yeah, the plane. Yeah, you can plane? skateboard or surf. Is it in the United States by any chance? No. Okay. Is it someplace like Dubai or something like that? Yeah,
0: that's what I would have gone there. But no, it's Munich. Really? Yeah. In addition to a skate park and a 33-foot indoor wave pool, can you believe that? Wow. We just have ping pong in Milwaukee. (laughs) The airport has Airbrow. It's a Bavarian brewery. That's great. (laughs) The world's first airport brewery. During the holiday season, the airport also transforms into a Christmas market, complete with indoor ice skating rink and more than 450 beautifully decorated trees.
1: Wow, that's Uh, quite the place. Yeah,
0: that's Munich. Have you ever been there? No, no, I never have. me either. I'd like to go just for the airport. Just
1: to see if we can get a flight that goes through there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. kill some time. All right, more questions on languages. And this is sign language. Which of these countries recognizes sign language as an... An official language, I'll give you the names, all right? Mm -hmm. Mexico, the United States, Australia, France, or Peru? I'll say United States. You're wrong, Marcia.
0: Then I'll say Australia.
1: You're wrong again, Marcia. I'll
0: say, uh, what were the other choices?
1: France, Peru, and Mexico.
0: I'll say France. (laughs) Wrong, Marcia. (laughs) Uh, It's
1: either Peru or Mexico, Marcia.
0: I'll say Peru. No, you're (laughs) wrong,
1: Marcia. Wow. Wow. How wrong can you be? (laughs) Apparently. It's Mexico. In North America, Mexico is the only country that considers sign language, Mexican sign language, to be an official language. But worldwide, how many countries in total recognize sign languages as official languages? How Uh, many countries?
0: I'll say 26
1: Forty-one. Okay. Forty-one countries recognize sign language with full legal distinction. There are an estimated 72 million deaf people in the world, and most languages have their own variation of sign language, such as the American Sign Language, ASL, or Chinese Sign Language. Okay. But these are all recognized in many of these countries as official languages in addition to the spoken language as well.
0: Okay. Okay. All right, here's my last airport question of the day. Okay. I bet you're worried about that. What U.S. airport operates only 13 days a year?
1: 13 days a year? hmm Is that because of weather? Nope. Is that because of where it is?
0: No, it's because of something
1: that happens in this location. So something is going on there. 13 days a year. Okay. Oh, something is going on 13 days a year? Yeah. Oh, is that the airport at Oshkosh, Wisconsin oh, where they have the good one. Uh, the big air show there? Yeah, no. Okay. Well, what is it? Okay. It is Black Rock
0: City Municipal Airport in Nevada. It has an FAA approved landing strip built to serve the annual Burning Man Festival. Oh, okay. <laughs> have you ever heard of that? Yes, I have. Yeah. It's a 6,000-foot runway built on a dry, alkali lake bed to accommodate 70,000 people that fly in or drive in. Wow. Isn't that something? For the show, huh? Yeah. Tell me what you think the Burning Man Festival is. you Well, know?
1: it's like a mythical creature they show that they set fire to. It's a big, burning creature. It's a big
0: puppet. Yeah.
1: And then they have bands, and they have all kinds of other things there, I believe. Art festivals and so forth. It's
0: it's like a tribute to art. Okay. Quote, it's one of the most famous events on the planet. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I guess it is.
0: A lot of these people are rich. The tickets are over $400. Oh, my. And uh, certain types of celebrities who set up their campers, they even create high-end neighborhoods. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Everybody from Katy Perry to Jeff Bezos enjoy going to this.
1: Oh, there's all kinds of different subcultures. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Okay, and another question on languages. How many countries in Europe have German as the official language? In I'll U- give you a choice. In Europe. In Europe. Okay. Is it six countries? Fifteen countries, three countries, or one country? How many countries in Europe have German as their official language? Six. That's right. And do you know what they are? No. In order? <laughs> in alphabetical order, what are the answers? <laughs> I'm sorry, that you have to answer that too. Okay. They are Austria, Belgium, Germany, Liechtenstein, ah. Luxembourg and Switzerland and they all claim German as their official Switzerland language. Switzerland
0: surprises me.
1: Yeah, well, parts of Switzerland speak Italian, French and German. So wow. there are 74 million German speakers in the world. The second largest German speaking population resides next door in Austria. So Austria and Germany have most of the people who speak German yeah, in the entire think world. So. Yeah. All right, you got a question on elephants?
0: Approximately, Bob, how mm. many muscles and tendons do you think are in an
1: elephant's trunk? Oh, that's a good question because <laughs> there's got to be tons of them there for all the way down for that trunk to move and everything and mm. ripple. Well, your thinking is correct. I bet there's like a thousand muscles. Uh-huh.
0: I'll bet you're right. Well, you're wrong. Oh. 40,000. 40,000 muscles, muscles. and, and tendons. In, holy in the cow. trunk that makes it very strong and flexible allowing an elephant to pluck a delicate flower or lift a huge dog
1: holy cow
0: the trunk is used for touching grasping sucking spraying smelling and
1: striking And striking and slamming <laughs> it
0: needs all 40,000 of those muscles and
1: tendons can you believe that 40,000 yeah. muscles main and appendage tendons for everything that's got to be one of the most highly evolved uh creatures in the world with that kind of musculature, you know? I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Good question. Thank you, Bob. Okay, word origins, Marshall.
0: Oh, I was just going to do one.
1: Okay, where did the word hamburgers come from? From Hamburg, Germany. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, Germans came to America, they brought their popular Hamburg steak is what they called it. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are cheap patties mixed with spices made famous by that seaside town. That's where Mm -hmm. it came from. And that originated in Europe in the 1400s. Minced beef, they called it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) One more. Lesbianism. Where does that term come from?
0: Lesbianism. From Lebanon. No? uh, Don't
1: know the Greek island of Lesbos, L-E-S-B-O-S. Okay. Yeah, that, of course, is a term used to describe gay women in the 1890s originally. That's where the ancient poet Sappho lived with and wrote about her love for a group of women.
0: Well, that's very interesting. Okay, Uh, I have a feeling you might get this. Uh, I'm not a fan of slapstick comedy, Bob, as you know. And slapstick is what, kind of a farcical, physical, very, physical very broad humor. Uh, so where did the term slapstick originate?
1: Because of the slapping of, you know, the characters. Ah, uh, no. On stage. No. The fact that people would physically hit one another. No. That was the answer. <laughs> Here's my next question. Okay, what's the so answer? desperate
0: to be right, aren't you? <laughs> what well, is the answer? It actually uh, came from 1896. They had a device consisting of two sticks fastened together so as to slap loudly when a clown or actor hit somebody with it.
1: Oh, so there was a Slap, slap stick. stick. No kidding. Yeah.
0: And it was used to make a sound effect off stage. So that's where it came from.
1: Like a rim shot almost. Yeah, exactly. A slapstick. So yeah. that was like a prop you depended yeah, on to help for people. clown
0: or actor hits. I'll be
1: darned. Okay, more okay. language questions, Marsha. Yeah. <laughs> one South American country has English as its official language. Only one in South America, has English as its official language. Here's a hint. It once belonged to Great Britain. Now, these are the names of the countries. Is it Brazil, Guiana, Argentina, or Chile? Guiana. Guyana, because that used to be known as British Guiana. Guiana.
0: British Guiana.
1: You don't say it as though you know what I'm saying.
0: It is. I knew
1: it was British. Yeah, for years it was British It's on the northern coast of South America and one of the smallest countries, too. But it gained its independence in 1966, though its official language is English and the only country in South America where that's the case. The majority of the population speaks Guyanese Creole. That's oh, the really? other language, yeah.
0: Oh, well, that's interesting.
1: Okay, and one more language question. Ah, what geez. language is an official language in 29 countries on five continents? English. No, it's not English. That was going to be my hint. <laughs> my, my hint is it's not English. I'll say... These are the choices, okay? Okay. Hindi, Arabic, French, or Chinese? Gosh, it's the, I have to think it's French. Why is that?
0: Because I couldn't possibly speak any of the other ones.
1: Oh, Oh, I see. All of your answers are based on your personal experience. Absolutely, as it should be. Well, it is French. French is spoken far and wide thanks to the French colonial history. And also, French was often the official diplomatic language in many countries. So today, French is an official or co-official language in 29 countries on five continents. And in addition to proper French, there are also numerous French based languages yeah. like Haitian Creole I was
0: going to say Haiti, Canada French is very prominent Yeah Okay Well bonsoir Bob I'm going to Ready for my quote? Yes Okay It's from E.V. Lucas He said I have noticed that the people who are late are often so much jollier than the people who have to wait for them <laughs>
1: <laughs> that kind of observation doesn't really seem to take a lot of...
0: Uh, profundity.
1: No. <laughs> it's like everybody else is ticked that you're yes. not there. Yeah. Of course. Yes. That's it? That's it. I'll wrap things up with a funny piece of trivia then. Okay. Okay. A Spanish king once employed a servant to be an anthem man. What did he do?
0: <laughs> Say it again.
1: A Spanish king once employed a servant to be an anthem man. What did he do?
0: He would, uh, he'd sing to the king when he got up in the morning. He had a little da-da-da-da-da. Sillier than that, Marcia. Sillier than that. I don't know. Tell me.
1: King Alfonso, who reigned in Spain from 1886 (laughs) to 1931, was tone deaf so tone deaf he couldn't even recognize the Spanish national anthem, <laughs> so he hired a servant as an anthem man whose sole duty was to tell the king stand up, stand up whenever the national anthem was played, really? He was his anthem man because the king couldn't recognize music when he heard it. Is that some kind of disease? Is't that weird? you couldn't if no? it's just a funny fact, Marcia. <laughs>
0: Indeed it is, Bob. Okay. Thank you for sharing.
1: Well, that's it for today. I'm Bob Smith. I'm Marcia Smith. Join us again when we return next week with more fun facts and tantalizing trivia here on The, the Off-Ramp. Off-Ramp. The Off-Ramp is produced in association with CPL Radio Online and the Cedarbrook Public Library, Cedarbrook, Wisconsin.